Is that because of the plane from hell you just got off of? Or Oh my god. Honestly, I actually do think I have like residual gas from hold on. From being in the air for so long. Just a general sense of agita from American Air. Well, it's like, why do people wear compression socks? Okay. (laughs) Um, Like, I feel like what's happening to your legs is also happening to your organs. mm -hmm. And I feel like it's just like gas, gas. Like, it's just a lot of like pressure, you know? But you don't want pressure around your ankles right and you don't want pressure in your stomach either true yeah Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm saying i have gas and i think it's airplane gas probably and i and i refused to eat any of the airline food yeah no god they gave out this like lattice like almost like a lattice work (laughs) a lattice hot pocket for breakfast but the options were chicken or vegetarian which was like root vegetable and i'm just like what the in a context that sounds good on a plane for breakfast i was Mm-mm, like no. no thank you i also i also feel like like your tongue is like weirdly like swollen on a plane and like dry well i think also there's some science behind like your taste buds your don't taste work buds. as effectively or something so i'm like who knows what that 100, stuff actually tastes like on the ground that airline food yeah i don't know how people eat it i'm just like mm-hmm. uh i'll have a coke zero by the way i was drinking coke zeros all week long like it was fine wine because you were where because I was in Greece, uh-huh. or Hellas, oh. as, the, as the Greeks say. I was Hellenic. You are Hellenic. I was on a Hellenic vacation Fun. where, okay, let me fill you in. I'm waiting. I'm holding my breath. <laughs> so I was with my family, uh-huh. my family. And by that, I mean my mom. Annual Greek getaway. Way, this is our set. This is on today's episode of By the Way, Mommy. I was with. Yes, on our annual Greek getaway in my stepdad's happy place, as he likes to call it. Uh-huh. Ha- His happy also, place. Like, That's cute. Having a happy place is so chuggy. Do you think so? Why? Or is it just like earnest and I shouldn't like shame it? I think it's precious. <laughs> it's just like the phrase happy place. Like it's kind of like being like, it's kind of like posting an Instagram and like it's a bunch of pictures from your vacation. And then like the last one is a picture of you from the airplane. And it's like, Paris, you have my whole heart. Right. <laughs> or it's or very like, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere here in Margaritaville yeah. or whatever. Like, like Austin, you were good to me. Like, Ooh, I just can't. Stay weird, Portland. <laughs> like, I don't like those. Like, I don't like talking to cities. Uh-huh, and you know, yeah. what? I bet. I bet there's a word for that in, like, um, literary devices when you, like, talk to a city as if it's a person. Yeah, there must be. I wonder if it's, like, a specific, like, um, branch of metaphor. It also might. Or personification. It might be an American thing. We talk to corporations like they're people here. So, you know, who knows? We're all fucked up in America. That's true, too. I saw, like, a funny little thread. It was, like, someone who continues to, like, DM Toyota goodnight. (laughs) Did you see that? Just waiting for a response, trolling? No, no. And they, every night, they say goodnight back. What? And then, eventually, Toyota, they asked Toyota, like, some for advice. (laughs) Like, whoever's running the Toyota social, like, gave great advice. What? (laughs) They're just like, goodnight, Toyota. And then Toyota responds, goodnight. That's some, like, unhinged behavior, I feel like. This episode brought to you by... Toyota Camry. <laughs> I was going to say Red Bull. <laughs> oh, Toyota Camry. It'll keep working. <laughs> Nothing like it. Toyota Camry. Not the Uber you wanted. Ooh. <laughs> Real, right? Like, whenever I call an Uber, which is not often, I'm always like, not a Toyota Camry, not a Toyota Camry. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's better than a Nissan Cube. You're not, like, rolling around with the hamsters. I, I like 
Well, first of all, that's the Kia Soul. Oh, you know what I mean. Babe, don't insult. I don't know cars. Hello. (laughs) Hi, I don't know cars. Brent Brent went full limpress. Yeah, I don't know. I know there's a commercial and there's a hamster and it's kind of like disturbingly big driving a vehicle. Well, you know, me and my friends, Michelle and Max, we play this game. It's like punch buggy, but it's cube. Oh. And so Every time you see, we, we basically ended up having to really decide what is and what is not a cube. You know, like, for example, a G-Wagon, boxy, but not a cube. Not a cube. Um, a Jeep, boxy, not a cube. No. There's only three cubes, okay. according to our classification Okay, system. and the rules are? And in the, in the order of from most rare to most um, prevalent. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let me start with the most prevalent one. <laughs> okay. The key, the Kia Soul. Okay, of course. The ham, the hamster. They're everywhere. Uh-huh. Great car, I guess. Um, still in manufacturing, you know, or like still in what do they say? Like still being made. Yeah. Number two <laughs> is the Nissan Cube. Okay. And number three is the Scion Cube. What were we thinking? Making cube vehicles. I don't know. I don't know. We had to try everything. I mean, you saw the 80s. Like, you gotta try everything in order to realize it's a bad idea. It's true. Well, speaking of... Greece. Yeah. <laughs> Coming back to Hellas. <laughs> so, I was in Hellas, um, a.k.a. Greece. Uh-huh. It was wonderful. With my mom, my stepdad, um, my two stepsisters, and my older stepsister's boyfriend. Wait, did Silky come on this trip? Yes. Okay. Silky was there. Okay, okay. And Silky was, you know, there's plenty to say there. But before I go into Silky at all, I want to say, I stepped on a sea urchin. No. Babe. What was that like? I'm, I'm swimming at the beach. I literally went snorkeling. It's like completely bare. Like there's no rocks. Like there's no seizure. I literally was thinking to myself as I was snorkeling, like, wow, it's crazy that I haven't seen any sea urchin this year. Uh-huh. Usually, like there's so many. Oh no. But they're usually on the rocks. And like this part of the beach is like all sand. And I like go into the water and I'm like laughing, like joking with my mom. And we're both in the water and I'm like walking over to her as I'm like me- cracking some joke and I'm just like, ow. <gasps> and I like kind of like stumble and I felt what I can only describe as almost like, you know, like a needle, like a hollow needle that like they'll pierce your ear or like your nose yeah. with and they like thread the earring like through. Like a tube. So imagine, yes, imagine like an extremely sharp tube lancing your foot no. all like, like at literally an inch deep. In there, yeah. Or, and then, and then, sl- and then coming back out. <sighs> like I literally felt this thing just go was there so much blood? So crazily, no, because it's such a sharp, thin thing ah, nice. that like it punctures you like in such a like with such a small hole, like surgically. That like I literally like so then I'm like ow, and I thought like at first it was so shocking the sensation that like I was like, did I actually just feel that? Right. Like I was like, I'm, I'm maybe I'm maybe I just stepped on like a rock, but that was like no no no, like I was just lanced, Yikes. like I was <laughs> truly lanced. And, and then I'm like, ow, and it's getting worse. And, like, the pain is immediately, like, now setting on. And I'm like, ow, ow, wait, ow. And then I, like, sit down in the water and, like, pull my foot up and to look. And I, like, kind of press to see if it's bleeding. And, and then it starts bleeding like, when I, like, press it. And then I start freaking out because I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Right. Like, what did I step on? Like, was it venomous? That's like, what I'm thinking. Do they have poison or venom or anything? So they actually don't. Oh. Or, like, just maybe very some sharp. do. Very sharp. And, like, you can get, like, if you leave the, um, 
whatever it's called like, like if they the break or, yeah yes then like you can get infection and then like necrosis but i don't have any of this information or context while i'm in the water yeah I'm sure just, like i've just been punctured by a poisonous fish i'm probably gonna have to go to the hospital in greece and this is gonna ruin my entire vacation i'm not gonna be able to walk like it's just burning it's getting worse so i start crying yeah the, the anxiety like, of that yeah I'm like, holy shit, like, this just happened to me, you know? And it hurts. It hurts so much. Like, the pain is so fucking bad. It was, like, truly a... a it was getting worse and worse. It was, like, going from, like, a 7 to an 8 to a 9 to a 10. Your adrenaline and was probably wearing off. Yes, yes. And my mom's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I stepped on something. Like, and I'm like, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm like... My mom comes over to me. She's like holding me under my arm. We're like, we're like in like, I would say like two feet of water. Yeah. And I'm just like sitting on my butt and I'm just like crying. Aww. And I'm like, <laughs> and like, she's like, do you need help getting out of the water? And I'm like, anyway, she helps me up. I like kind of limp out of the water crying. The whole beach is looking at me. And, um, and I sit down and I'm crying. And then Alex and Katie run to like the little bar to get ice. And we ice it and we look at it and, and like it just it's like swelling up. I can show you a picture of my toes. But it felt like it went through like the ball of my foot. Yikes. All the way up into my toe. Oh no. Like, yeah. I like almost as if like you took like that piercing needle and you just like sent it through like the fucking muscles yeah. of my foot no, no, and no, then no. pulled it out. So there's this like definite like a deep wound, but it's not like a big wound. Yeah. It's just like deep. It's through like different areas. Ugh, not that. Exactly. No, it, and I'm still, I mean, my foot is still super sore. After I would say two hours, the pain like kind of leveled out yeah. to like about around like a four or a five. Did your foot have a heartbeat? Like, was it like that? Oh my God. In the beginning it was, yes, it was throbbing Eesh. and I, it was like waves. It would be like 10 minutes. It would be like a nine out of 10 in, in terms of pain. I was just like, <sighs> you know what I mean? And then just like trying to like meditate and bring it back down to like a six. It was like a, in the first two hours, like a six was good. It just like the beginning is just so painful. I want to feel something. <laughs> Are you jealous? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know what? I'm glad that I lived to tell the tale and I didn't go to the hospital. It's very main character energy while you're on vacation to have that happen, I feel like. Right? And like the whole time Silky has her AirPods in just literally ignoring Oblivious. Me. And Steven. And Steven, my stepdad, laying on his back like this. Reading The Dark Forest. Reading reading a book. No, reading a much worse book. And... <laughs> Silky was making her Silky was making her grocery shopping list for later that evening. And I go, don't worry, Steven, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone starts laughing and like, you know, I was still able to crack jokes throughout it all. And Katie, my older stepsister, she's like, this is a real guttural cry. Oh man. And I was like, I was like, was it sexy? (laughs) (laughs) She was like, Yeah. Everyone on the beach was looking over here saying what happened to that beautiful girl? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are in Greece. <laughs> Truly. No, everyone was looking. But it was a lot of Americans on that beach. I wanted to, like, kind of make an announcement to everyone. Be like, I'm okay. <laughs> Just, but I guess Go around and, like, have FaceTime with each person. Thank them for their concern. <laughs> shake their hands. Kiss their cheek. Uh, I wanted to. Well, because I'm sure they were curious. It means so much curious. to me that you were here. Thank you so much. You know, like, very that. <laughs> very that i guess apparently sea urchins also like move and crawl like right under the surface of the sand yeah so nowhere is safe dangerous which is really upsetting it's, it's part of why i don't go in the ocean wait you don't no never like i'll go dip maybe like to my waist but you're not you're not gonna catch me swimming in the ocean no ma'am 
I know, I know. But you can't let the fear of stepping on a sea urchin keep you from playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> you can't let a fear of stepping on a sea urchin keep you from riding the waves, bro. I think that was Yogi Berra. <laughs> so that was Greece. I mean, that was like the big, big highlight from it. Still, he was <sighs> tolerable. That's good. I mean... That's an update. Up until the final morning. Ah. Like, she made it so far in my book. I mean, she expressed to me that she felt really left out by Katie and me. And we're like, you know, to be fair, we're 10 years older. Right. And we're fucking cool and funny. (laughs) (laughs) And we just kiki a lot and and she feels left out and you know what i i sympathized and when she said it the thing is like she is such a she has such a victim mentality Mm -hmm. that it makes you want to be like you're wrong and like you need to change got it you need to stop victimizing yourself and like and like her delivery is just so off-putting because it's like it's it's like instead of being like i'm feeling left out she'll be like you and katie always cut me off you guys never listen to what i'm saying like it's just very aggressive Uh yeah so it makes you want to be like whoa but anyways so one morning i come up and like we're talking like everyone's talking and somehow she gets like a word in edgewise and is like (laughs) she's like you and katie literally never listen to me (gasps) and i'm like the gasp i'm like is that true right she's like yeah you guys she's like i'll be speaking and you guys literally just speak right over me and i'm like i'm so sorry i didn't realize i was doing that yeah thank you for bringing that to my attention i'll i'll do better and everyone is like fucking agog because no one in my family would have handled it that way right (laughs) you know did they think you were just placating her or did were they more gagged that like it was genuine? Um, I think like they were gagged that it was genuine or it was like indecipherable from It could have been either you way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> but like like to me in my mind, I was performing. But to everyone else, darling, all it the was world's genuine. a stage. Everything's a performance. The world- <laughs> I was like, wow, I love those lines that just came out of my mouth. I'm such a good improviser. (laughs) And I was like, I just, I was like, honestly, like, this is so fucked up. But I'm like, in my mind, like, celebrating my maturity. I'm like, God, I'm I'm such a role model to everyone in my family. (laughs) Did everyone see how I handled that? (laughs) So I was like, I was like, I'm so sorry. I will try to do better. And she was like, thank you. Well, and also it's like, if if she, if she kind of like meets you with not hostility, but you know what I mean? Like emotional hostility. It's like to answer with that. It's like there's nowhere else that it can go after that. So it's like, great. Oh, wait. Did Allie just figure out Silky? I think you cracked the code. You you realize that like everyone in my family is just like coming at her with like defensiveness, which is just (laughs) causing more antagonism. But I was, yeah, I was just like, I'm sorry. I'll I'll try to do better. So then I actually did try to do better. Like I really did hear what she said. Uh And I was like, I'll I'll keep a, I'll keep an eye out for that. And then, so for the subsequent days of the vacation, I really went out of my way to be like super inclusive, like making sure that I was like paying attention to what she was saying, letting her like complete her thought, Uh complete her sentence, you know? And, and when Katie would interrupt her, I'd be like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, speaking like i want to hear the rest of look you at say. you breaker of cycles i mean silky let, let me re- <laughs> i like uh-uh, uh silky speaking like i want to hear the rest of what silky has to say and i realized like katie really does interrupt <laughs> sorry katie really does interrupt silky a lot <laughs> And that is, and I would as well were I not being more conscious of it. The truth is, like, I, we just often don't, I don't think we actually care what she's saying. And and I think Silky has a point. And like, like, I don't, like, I don't find what she's saying interesting. And I think it's long winded. And like, I just want her to shut the fuck up. It might just be like a generational divide thing. Right. She, 
she is Gen Z. But I felt better knowing that I was like still listening regardless of, you know, whether I wanted to be <laughs> until the last until morning, the last morning, at which point I said to myself and my co-star said to me that day, said, your attention is a gift. It's true. And so I don't feel like I need to be giving the gift of my attention to anyone who demands it. Work. Especially those that I find despicable. And let me just explain. My face just dropped to the floor. Uh, gagged because i just went so hard yeah please please explain okay i don't know if it's just a trigger like tell me if like i'm (sighs) overreacting here but okay the last morning of the trip i'm packing up me and silky silky and i we (laughs) we are on the same flight from paros to athens okay so i'm she's already packed i'm still packing up my older sister's boyfriend volunteers to drive silky to the bakery now anytime every morning someone goes to the bakery okay every morning someone goes to the bakery and buys a whole bunch of pastries spanakopita i know where this is going (laughs) i'm having flashbacks to a chinese dinner okay you remember that right i mean yes did we talk about that on the pod we did talk about that on the pod so i kind of think i know where it's so you'll going. begin to see this as a pattern so basically yeah every morning like like we go get um all these pastries sometimes we get some ice creams and we all get like um cappuccino freddos which are like iced cappuccinos they're so fucking good and they make them they make them sweet also Ooh. so like you got to get it but you have to ask for it unsweet if you don't want it sweet anyways i'm like i'm like oh will you grab me a cappuccino freddo and and not sweet and my mom's like oh I want like a cappuccino and Katie's like, I want an Americano. I'm like, I'll text you guys the order. Thoughtful. I don't text them like what food to get because I just assume they're going to get whatever looks good that day. Sure, like, it's yeah. always changing. We always get like literally 36 things every single day. And also like, mind you, like everything is so cheap. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can get 20 spinach pies and like 13 feta pies and all of these like other like types of savory pastries and you'll spend like $10, 10 euro. Got it. Okay. Wow. So they're gone for like a while. They're gone for like at least a half hour. Okay. Because it's not super close. And they get back and they give me my cappuccino Fredo. They forgot my mom's drink entirely, even though I texted the list. And also my cappuccino freddo is sweet. So it's not even like what I ordered. Mm. And the sweetness of it is like so intense. It feels like it's corroding your esophagus. Like sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's too sweet. You have to get it. No sugar. So I'm like, well, that sucks. And then I realized that Silky and and honestly, Katie's boyfriend. Uh oh. Which, by the way, Katie has brought three boyfriends with her. Like, you know, before on this annual trip uh-huh. needless to say none of those relationships have worked out so we kind of were joking about how like it's a curse to bring your boyfriend on the family <laughs> <Greece trip. laughs> which i hope is not the case for the record uh i hope that they are very happy and get married but yeah so everything was going good until i and katie and i and my mom we all realized that you guessed it they have returned with pastries for only i mean for only silky yikes she yeah. got herself two spinach pies for herself <laughs> and a fucking thing of baklava. Okay, so which of you, your mom, your sister, or you, queened out first? Me. At a girl. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what? I cannot believe. You got you only got pastries for yourself. There's no pastries for everyone else. 
And, like, I'm trying not to be, like, ungrateful for the wrong order. And I was like, and you didn't get my mom a drink? Like, at all? At all? Like, I literally, not only did we say it to you, I we texted it to you. Yeah, that's... Mm. And Katie's boyfriend is like, oh, I didn't have my phone. So, was the one... Sorry, Silky was the one in charge of, like, relaying the order. Man. Did she just say, eh, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ignore the details of this order? Like, what? So then I go... <laughs> I'm sorry. You only got pastries for yourself. We're here every day. Every day we all get pastries. Like, and you didn't even think that maybe you should get something for everyone else. And she's like, no. No. And she goes, I don't make any money. Bitch, you're on a free vacation, literally. Like, you're on an all-expense paid vacation, number one. Number two, you have a job, okay? Yes, you're fresh out of college, but you have a job. You work at a fucking PR firm. Number three, you live at home. You do not pay rent. Period. Okay, you put like I know you put money away in savings. Number four, it would cost you literally ten dollars. I fucking know you have ten dollars to spend at the airport later. I know you have ten dollars to spend on whatever. Like, and also she asked her dad for money to buy a souvenir for her mom, which is her father's ex-wife. Uh huh. <laughs> so basically, my mom goes to my stepdad. She's like, you know, you just bought a gift for your ex-wife. <laughs> like. Like, she's not even spending her own money on souvenirs. Yeah, she just won't spend hers. Exactly. Period. It's just like this, and it's such a trigger for me when people are like, my money. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's there's not enough of my money. And I need it now. And like, just, like, there was no sorry. There was no. Wow. I was just blown away by like how fucking selfish, like decidedly selfish. That really is like Chinese she, food redux. She, yes. She really said me and no one else. With her whole know? chest. With her whole chest because she had to make a choice. It's not like like Katie's boyfriend who maybe like just didn't think about it, though I do think Katie held his feet to the fire later in scenes that I probably did not get to bear witness to because she kind of muttered to me. She was like, um, I'm going to kill like, him. I mean, he's, well, she, <laughs> she was <laughs> like, I mean, he's 20 years older than her. Like this shouldn't be... <laughs> Like, why wouldn't he think to do that? Right. It's like the thoughtful thing to do, you know? Like, I don't want to have to... Like, why would I have to say to someone, oh, get for everybody? Like, that's why no one said anything. She has This is the last day it. of the trip. No, truly. I was like, I would have... I wouldn't have mind to have been a fly on the wall for that conversation just because I <laughs> felt really fucking maligned. Bless. I was starving. I'm on my way to the airport. Like, I don't... Like, and just like, I'm not gonna... And that was a doomed endeavor also. And then my fucking flight there's like a technical difficulty the computer fails like we're sitting on the tarmac for three hours and then they're like all right let's go and then we're gonna book you all a hotel in london and it's fucking a roach motel mm. and then i got rebooked on a flight for the next day middle seat last uh, last row that's tough sorry i mean and, and you know what i can acknowledge these are all just like first world problems sure extremely blessed sure. but like still felt like hell mm. Well, it's good to see you back yeah. on. It, I was gonna say it's good to see you back on in the homeland, in the motherland. Thank God. <laughs> After so all good of to that, back. my God. Um. By the way, I'm so sad that I did. I miss the FEMA alert. Oh, did that or did not, it not happen? Did, no, it happened. Did you not get that internationally? I didn't get one. Wild. You got it. Yeah. It was. So it, worked. it was early. It was like two minutes early. And what did it say? This is a test. Yeah, like a. It, I took a screenshot of it. I'll find it. It was like a like. 
presidential alert type thing. I feel like it was like the day we got the pop up that there were missiles flying towards Hawaii. Hawaii. Remember when that was like a false alarm? Yeah, it was very like Hawaii that. Hawaii was like it's over. Yeah, I feel like that's a really good avenue to like alert the public of aliens. I mean, it does kind of feel like they're testing maybe for that purpose, right? Like, what are you preparing the entire population? Like, for? how do we and can we simultaneously alert everybody about something at the same time? You know, like yeah, it it it's like the only way to really deliver news to the public in a way that conveys this is urgent and pressing and like literally right now like stop what you're doing right mm. like if it's if you're like gonna publish it to like just like a regular news outlet like people it's like swipe right by it you need to be sending a fucking push notification mandated with that to the whole population screaming fucking tone that's just like so unsettling <laughs> it's that it's like the purge is starting by the way mommy oh is that the bodega uh-huh <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> huh? I was, I was at the bodega with Emily a little while because I'm in New York. Uh-huh. Back on my bodega life. And I was thinking a lot about how like bodegas are such an amazing, what's the word, like output of New York City. Yeah. Because it really, like, like there's always room for more. Like every time I come back, there's a new bodega and still the old bodega as well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that really just reflects that like no matter how many bodegas there are, there's enough economy for all of them to thrive yeah it's like a mcdonald's and it's because i believe that a bodega is made for the walking man yeah that's true it's literally like like because it's a walking city everyone's constantly walking on the go on the go on the go Mm -hmm. and people are always needing things as they're walking right and it's either going to be like a drink maybe a sandwich uh maybe cigarettes maybe their jewel pods maybe the new york times you know but like that is what bodegas are surfacing that's it servicing. they are a walking man's like convenience store they are the new york city la could never convenience store la could never because it's not that's why we don't have bodegas in la Mm -mm. it's not a walking city what are you gonna drive to the bodega i mean we do but but right like if you're gonna drive you may as well just drive to like the to get the specific thing you want at the grocery yeah it's yeah it's so funny i was just like it's so cute i would love to do a little like think piece on bodegas but i'm sure it exists i mean not from your brain that's true maybe i'll pitch it to the New York Times. Uh-huh. Well. Well. You've been doing some traveling. I know you're probably happy, but glad it's past you. But uh, this week, we're going to do some more traveling. That's right. We're traveling into the past. Start. Two. One. Booster ignition. And liftoff of the space. You're listening to Radar Peak, a three-body podcast reviewing our way through the three-body problem and discussing its real-life parallels. I'm Allie. I'm Brett. And this week, Luoji finds himself daydreaming about his ex. Don't judge. You've done it too. All our boy wants to know, is love real? Hey Siri, define love and real. Energy units reporting. All systems go. Cutting units reporting. All systems go. Amplifier units reporting. All systems go. Interference monitor units reporting. With an acceptable range. Begin transmission. So we are still in section whatever of whatever. It's technically chapter one. It's like hundreds of pages, but it's section one, part one, the wall facer. And we are back with 
Luo G. Yeah, you remember him last time we were he was on that private plane that was more like an apartment strapped in trying to sleep and he just realized there's like fighter jets on either side of the plane like escorting them but also like towing something in the air behind them so it's like really unclear sort of like what's going on here you know exactly what's going on on bing bing what was that crazy frog yeah okay so <laughs> that just like pulled something from like very deep in the recesses of my brain. Right, right. It, it, it gave me some kind of a sense memory of like, it's not the same, but it reminded me of that commercial for Six Flags that had like the yeah, person no, pretending to same, be the old man. Same artist. It's Crazy Frog as well. Oh, got it. Okay. Work. Bring, bring. This week, Luoji is still on the plane on this flight to who knows where, strapped in for his safety. And while he's laying there, he's kind of like... Again, because there's nothing else to do. He's like still so like down bad about this dead ex-girlfriend. Still thinking about her. Still kind of like beating himself up about it. And I'm on the one hand, I'm like, oh, yeah, now he finds a moral center now that somebody's died. Like now he kind of feels bad about it. Like how like poorly he treats the women he dates historically. But I was like, eh, maybe he's also a masochist. I don't know. Too early to tell. He maybe just likes thinking about this kind of stuff and then he has this little internal moment where he's like maybe i'm so fucked up because i've never made any room in my heart for anybody but myself like maybe i really am just like a selfish piece of shit kind of thing and then it's almost like the other side of his brain takes over and it's like no no no, wait 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 that's that's not true you're not selfish you actually do have room in your heart for more people than besides yourself cue flashback we learned through this flashback that luoji actually has successfully been in a relationship before like in a healthy not like you know just sort of like dating somebody not learning her name tossing her away finding somebody else like he actually was kind of committed at a time and the way he describes that i kind of i rolled my eyes pretty hard at it he says there was a time when the golden light of love inhabited his heart which i was just like gross (laughs) but then on the other hand i was like he used to have this thing with new character alert by wrong by wrong the icon (laughs) something about how you just said that just then the echo sounded like somebody was also in another room going (laughs) (laughs) just the echo that was funny i am in i am my sister's apartment and is kind of vacuous here no i mean you sound That's... you sound good on the headphones it was just that wrong they need rugs they uh. <laughs> need some sound absorption but yes dampeners by wrong so pew, pew, pew. by wrong what's her deal she is a young adult author and pretty successful i loved this yeah it's not I her mean, it's... i mean like go ahead Mm-mm. i mean like Mm-mm. Ah. Mm-mm. I mean, like, I was just like, new character alert. This is an interesting character. Like, I don't know that it's necessary for us to know this character, but, like, young adult author, like, totally not a scientist. Like, also, like, my day job is very closely related to young adult authors. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, okay, weird worlds colliding right now. Yeah, it's wild. And she, baby, was successful. Like, she was a best-selling, like, hit after hit after hit. If she wrote it and put it out, mama, it was straight to bestseller. Yeah. And I kind of, I liked his, the description because I kind of feel this way about young adult literature as well, even though like I respect it. Like sometimes I, I just like 
basically it says that uh, Luoji had read all of her work, and while he wouldn't say he appreciated it, yeah, it wasn't as torturous as the other works in the genre he had flipped through. I know it's pretty amazing. The two of them had kind of like, I mean, they're in this relationship. So he talked about it as like a time when the golden light of love inhabited his heart. So I'm like, oh, so this must be like his one that got away type thing. Like so good that like everything is being compared to it. Right. Except their relationship was pretty unremarkable. <laughs> what I, I was like, oh, so like unremarkable is his like, I don't know, mark of a good relationship, I guess. Like it wasn't bad or anything. It just wasn't intense and it was ordinary. And like the also the two of them were sort of like, like, yeah, they were committed to each other, but they were kind of like afraid of like taking that next step of getting married. And it said they kind of like looked at it as sort of like this specter <laughs> that was like looming over them that ultimately they decided like, oh, yeah, let's get married. It makes sense maybe i guess so the two of them get married and she forces him to read all of her books and like he talks about how he doesn't particularly enjoy young adult fiction or literature but right. he reads them because she has a way of writing that's just so like chef's kiss it's Prosaic. like it's like watching the air distill into dewdrops and then evaporate like just so fascinating for him to like actually get through and i was thinking like by either has like a little like dom streak in her where she's like read these and she like drops stacks of her own material in front of him yeah read bitch i don't know maybe but regardless exactly what you said ali so he asks her he's like <laughs> what's the deal with these characters they're like so in love all the time because all of her characters they're literally like think of it as almost like any book you're reading that's by by wrong kind of comes across as like oxytocin the musical like the love chemical in our brain these people oh, are it see, is I, it is just like is how I've been saying it is it, just I like puppy love like cover to right. cover love story and Luoji doesn't really understand it he's like okay well wait like if these people are this in love like what do they survive on like if they're always just like in love laying on a picnic blanket or like on the beach or whatever like what are they actually doing with their lives like does love like that actually exist right right it's funny okay two things i want to say to this one i love like when books talk about books yes i love when books come up within books like I, there's a word for that i forget what it is but i actually had a professor in college who like was doing this entire fucking like phd or something on the appearance of literature in medieval literature Ooh. and there was like a very specific word for that but anyway i love this it's reminding me also, um, I started reading Yellow Face. Have you heard about this book? Yeah, I haven't read it. So, you know, I was uh, in Greece. I was like kind of doing a rotation of books, like had three body. Uh -huh. But I also finished my Ben Lerner novel, Leaving the Atocha Station. Nice. Um, which was so good. And then, and then I started reading Yellow Face, which is like taking the nation right now. And it's by this author, R.F. Kuang, I think. And it's about basically this, the, the author, I believe, is Chinese and she is writing from the perspective of a white author Whoa. who is envious of a Chinese author. Whoa. And then the Chinese author, spoiler alert, dies in like the first chapter uh, choking on pancakes. <gasps> and the the protagonist, right, the narrator, you could say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call her a protagonist. She's extremely unlikable. But the white writer whose perspective you're reading the book from, like basically takes her unfinished manuscript and ends up publishing it as her own. Not and bad. anyway, so it's just interesting. 
and so much of it is about like the book that is being written yeah. in this book That's you crazy. know um anyways so it just reminded me of that big recommendation like litception or something totally so i mean as you know luoji is not a writer but this relationship with the two of them works because sort of while he's reading he finds he sort of has an affinity for character and character development. Like he winds up giving her notes to help her revise the manuscripts that are character specific because she says something to him where she's like, it's almost like you're better at this than I am. Like you're able to make the people believable and that's the hardest part for me. So like the two of them together, it's almost like we've got this kind of like, not quite like a ghost writing situation, but like it's cute. They're like married and like working on her books together or whatever. That is really cute. That's also reminding me uh, when I was in Greece that Al, uh, Katie's boyfriend and I uh-huh. kept having this running joke that we were the only two intellectuals in the group. Oh my god! And and Silky at one point goes, "I I mean I consider myself to be an intellectual." And then Alex and I just start fucking busting out. And no, <laughs> we were being the most condescending pedantic pretentious mean girls pricks that you could imagine (laughs) but like to us like that was the running bit of just like like i just kept being like oh my god it's so nice to be around someone as pretentious as me (laughs) (laughs) and and so he's like i just i just graduated college like i'm closer to pretentia you know and academia (laughs) than you guys are and we're just like okay you went to northeastern (laughs) And she's like, Northeastern is a better school than Oberlin. And then we're both like, (laughs) like just truly being such assholes. It's not like we fully like were believing in what we were saying. Yeah, sure. We were just really like playing into the character of being the most pretentious and like superiority comp. And honestly, you know what? I'd be lying if I said we didn't actually possess those feelings on some level. Sure, yeah. But you decided you had your boot on her neck and it was in nobody's interest to move it. (laughs) Yeah. And in retrospect, I was like, "Mm, I guess I haven't been the nicest. (laughs) You know, but again, like, my attention is a gift. It's true. So, sorry. I feel like they're giving intellectual. Yes, they're giving intellectual. He's giving her character notes. And here I had the thought. I was like, if he's so good at fleshing out believable real-life characters, Ye Wenji obviously didn't know that he was helping his wife at the time in this flashback like write her stories but i'm like it seems like he's kind of primed to take up this mantle of cosmic sociology because he just like innately gets people just a thought Mm, right i keep waiting for like the actual information behind cosmic sociology Mm -hmm. to appear but they're really edge fest 2023 so one year for her birthday by wrong she's like I only want one present from you, Luo, for my birthday, and it's this. And he's like, okay, is it going to be expensive? I hope not, smiling through his teeth. She's like, no, I want you to write me a novel. And he's like, write, okay, uh, about, and she was like, I don't care. Make it 50,000 characters and deliver it to me by my birthday. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, kind of love a present request and also a deadline, like wrapped all into one. I love that. But then also I was like, who doesn't love a little like teacher's pet role play? You know, maybe, maybe they're freaks. I don't know. So she's like, write a story about the most beautiful woman that you can imagine. She was like, she doesn't have to have ever existed. She can be a combination of 10 million different women. It doesn't matter, but throw anything that's grounded in reality out the window and make me a fantasy. 
fantasy. Right. Well, crucially, in his sort of like, I don't understand why, like how these characters, how these, like these characters in these stories can spend all of their time in love. Mm -hmm. You know, like what else do they fucking do? And like her answer to that, or like his question essentially is, you know, the love you write about, do you think that actually exists in the real world? She said, and she's like, yeah, like a thousand percent. Yeah. And he's like, is that something you've seen or something you've experienced? And she is just like, I'm just telling you that it's real. Yeah, like, it does exists. it matter? So she's like, I want you to write a story about the most beautiful woman that you can imagine. If it's grounded in reality, like throw it out the window, take things that you like, put them all together, make me believe a fantasy and create a story about this angel who you've created, who embodies your dreams of feminine perfection, which I was kind of like, that feels kind of weird asking a man to write about his perfect feminine perfection. I don't know. Maybe it's going to make sense when we're at the end of it. I don't know. <laughs> I know. But you know what? I feel like men are doing that subconsciously regardless, but we'll get to that later. But we're not giving them assignments and asking them to. Right, right. Like to actively. Seems kind of strange. Construct. So. Construct a sex doll, narratively speaking. Like basically. <laughs> Even to the present moment with Luoji lying in the plane, you know, like where he's remembering this flashback, he had no idea what made her ask him write this specific story. He like it's to the day there was no sort of like illumination as to like why she was like make up the perfect woman and write about her and give me that story for my birthday present from you. Like there's not any more backstory there, but he did it. Character slayer Luoji over here starts fleshing out the woman, how she looks, what she wears, where she goes, like the environment around her like literally everything he builds out this world for her in his mind and when it's ready he sort of like just picks her up and drops her into it so she can move around and speak and live and just like exist as this character but it started to get to him because he felt like he was managing a character in the sims like he felt like he was simultaneously god and like all powerful but also was like a slave and couldn't leave like he had to be managing this character he just created literally like like sun up to sundown or something terrible was going to happen to her or something. He completes a draft and shows it to Bairong. And when she reads it, she's like, well, Luo, you didn't really complete the assignment. You wrote me an essay, not a novel. Something this character does in 10 minutes is the culmination of her life leading up to those 10 minutes. You have to be thinking bigger. Like the words you put on the page can only be the tip of the iceberg. So now it's like we've got a writer trying to teach a scientist to be a writer. But he took her advice. He threw the whole thing away started with just the character imagining her life from birth the book says that at a point like a character outside of time he wove the different stages of her life together and gradually they came to discover the endless pleasure of creation so he's like, I don't know, finding the joy in something that he's never done before. And then we start to follow Luoji on his journey to create this perfect angel of a woman, Q blank stare. And it gets to a point where it's so consumed his thoughts. It's not even really clear if he just has a strong imagination or if he's actually starting to hallucinate seeing this woman. Because one day, while he's at the library, he's imagining this character he's made up looking for a book. And while he's like seeing, quote, you know, quote, quote seeing her looking through the stacks of books she notices him looking at her she turns and she smiles at him and immediately he thinks to himself 
wait, did I tell her to smile at me? So then he's having kind of this weird sort of like brain break kind of moment where he's like, wait, but is is this real? And the book says it was too late because like it was sort of like regardless of whether or not he had told her to smile anyway, he saw it and that smile imprinted on his brain. The next night, a huge snowstorm hits the city and from inside his apartment, Luoji can see the whole city just being covered in complete like blanket whiteout conditions so he's like well i'm not going to work tomorrow so he goes to bed snow day having a strong break with reality kind of moment where he's like oh my god though wait if my woman is outside she's gonna freeze oh no did i forget to bring her inside did i leave her out there wandering is she just out there like stuck in a time loop you know like the sims dancing in a corner like freezing all night and then gag whether he's lost in a daydream or if he is actually having full-blown like chemical hallucinations in his brain Lil boo comes to his apartment knock knock who he was worried about just out no it is giving her i was thinking that yeah there's a knock at the door he opens it as soon as she walks in the snowflakes on her hair instantly melt into little diamond beads of dew by the way mommy by the way mommy i speaking of her this is a total non sec but i just wanted to say i started watching i watched a bunch of movies on the planes uh-huh. that i was on obviously and i watched i started watching bo is afraid this is, which is another walking phoenix movie mm-hmm. have you heard about it uh i've heard about it but i haven't seen it it's the one where i no joke i thought that the the, the actor they got to play young joaquin phoenix i thought that was like a reverse age face map on a child actor i didn't realize that was a real person so i didn't even get far enough into the movie to see that actor because after about 25 minutes of this movie i was like absolutely not (laughs) like it's just not the movie you want to watch honestly maybe ever but definitely not on an airplane like it is brett like you know how you are hyper vigilant and like kind of imagining every single bad thing that can happen at all times Mm -hmm. like final destination style Mm -hmm. so imagine actually that playing out on screen while a bunch of dissonant music is playing and like it's also happening from like seven different directions at once oh yeah no it's nightmarish it's just like very annoying it's literally just like this one guy's sort of paranoia as he experiences it and like oh my god it was just like i can't this is not plain worthy well i mean didn't it like sweep at the festivals i don't know i think i remember it being like very awarded yeah i mean i could see it being like critically whatever but i was just i was like this is not this let me put on something warm i put on the kids are all right i really oh, wanted to that's a that good movie. one that's a really good so one. good okay anyway okay so little boo thing not in the cold anymore she's now at his apartment this imaginary angel that he's like created so she comes inside he takes off her scarf folds her hands between his and gives kind of like a to warm her up you know the whole thing and she looks at him with this look that's like somewhere between excitement and softness the book says which i was just like like this damsel in distress that you made up now you get to save her i'm just like okay i'm trying not to cringe the entire way through this flashback (laughs) what do you expect from low g's a playboy if he's got a two-dimensional idea of like the perfect woman i mean basically and before luoji could even say anything to her she asked him the question he was gonna ask her are you okay like here she is like she's the one who a doesn't exist but like is probably in need of medical attention if she's been out in a blizzard for this long are you okay what did she say thank you for warming me up are you okay i'm better now i don't know 
anyway, he's dumbstruck by that because like he's simultaneously holding the belief that like I made you and also but here you are. So he's like I right. uh uh so all he does is kind of like give her puppy dog eyes and like nod at her, you know? When he's finally able to speak, he's like come sit with me by the fireplace i'll rub your shoulders we can warm up i figured you'd be cold when you got back she's in bliss obviously but luoji catches himself and he's thinking he's like wait what the fuck is wrong with me how did i fall so deep into this trap that byron set for me like my life has been taken over by this like why couldn't i just write the words print them make a nice cover get it bound and just like give her this story for her birthday why did i have to let it like consume me like this but then that thought kind of gets interrupted by the next one Luo's like wait when the hell did I get a fireplace like they're sitting in a fireplace that doesn't exist like got it got it it's all like it's, in the novel of his mind it's, in, the it's like kinder, the mind. it's like kindergarten like story time they're like come sit with me by the fire then he's like wait when when did I get a fireplace here? he's like why would I even think about a fireplace what made me choose that but then he decided it was because seeing the most beautiful woman ever to exist backlit by the light of a fireplace was the most beautiful way to to see the most beautiful woman. Yeah. And I was like, oh my fuck. Okay. Seems really cringe right now. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm coming out of my skin. Note to the re- note to the listener, like Brett and I agree that this entire chapter is completely interstitial and we regret not covering more story this, in this episode. It, all of this will be important later, but right now it's just like, the thing is, why, why, it's just, right. why? It's like, why? It's just a lot of pages mm-hmm. of seemingly nothing, yeah. but onward with the narration he snaps himself out of this daydream where he's like sitting with her in front of a fireplace that doesn't exist and he decides he's gonna sleep and that night he slept like a well-fed baby no fear no panic nothing he's like my my baby is like sitting like deactivated in front of the fireplace i'm warm in my bed everybody is where they should be all is well in luoji's heart he powers down system reboot because the next morning totally new man with fresh eyes on this world he didn't dream of his angel that night not once i guess he got it all out of his system you know okay the next the next morning luoji gets up and he sees a majority of the snow has melted the sky is clear clear life down below is resuming so he's like oh fuck i guess i do have to go to work today so he gets ready goes to his teaching job at the university for the day's lectures and when he takes the stand luoji sees all the way in the back of the hall seated in the very last row he'd been joined once again by his angel she smiled when she saw that he had seen her which obviously makes luoji nervous i'm thinking kind of i don't know at this point i haven't fully decided yet but i'm not sure if he loves his wife or this made-up woman more it seems like he loves the made-up woman more she's more like all consuming for him but he's like nervous to the point that he could only remember two other times that he had felt that way and they were when he had to defend his doctoral thesis (laughs) like in grad school so like down bad for this person angel woman man camera tv whatever it was <laughs> but Wait, silly little rabbit his silly rabbit <laughs> is that what he calls you but because hashtag men will be men luoji kind of you know like he's nervous because she's in the back row watching him teach but he wants to flex mm-hmm. for her and be like look at what a great teacher i am look how smart so he really gives a good show with his lectures like really impassioned ideas highly cited source material and the audience was going wild for him like at one point he gets applause in a university lecture like he's really up there like ted talking his way through it i love that you know like don't you ever have that at your job 
job where just like suddenly you're reminded of like the early days when you're like so passionate about your job like just randomly like you'll just have like a really i don't know does that ever happen <laughs> no <laughs> you'll never have a moment of like this oh yeah like i i used to take so much pride in my work <laughs> no Okay, go on. <laughs> after the class, after the lecture is over, he catches up with her. And they're just kind of walking around campus. And they're talking about anything you can imagine. And I mean anything you can imagine. I'm, I don't mean the book says they talk about everything. I mean, we are privy to every single thing they could talk about. So I'll spare you. Thank God. But he spends the next four <laughs> days with her, like exclusively, just with her for the next four days. So to everybody else, they're like, whoa, what's up with Luo? He's really being a loner. He's <laughs> like by himself non-stop these days like what's going on with him he spends new year's eve with her he invites her over he gets a little bottle of wine they goo goo gaga over each other for a little while and then she disappears someone's knocking at his door which he ignored because he's like oh this is coming from the real world ignore that but because it went unanswered the door opens and by wrong walks into his apartment seeing his wife seeing the wine set up she's like oh don't worry you'll get there He's like, wait, what do you mean? And she's like, you forgot to leave a glass out for her. You'll get it eventually. Don't worry. And then she asks him, she's like, she's alive, isn't she? And Luo sits up from the carpet and he's like, wrong. Listen, I realized something. I was wrong about how characters work. I thought the author was their god and made them do things and kept them from doing other things. And she cuts him off. She's like, nope. Eh, wrongo. But now that you realize this is what's going to separate you from hobbyists and actual literary writers, the highest form of literary creation happens when the characters possess actual life in the mind of the author. That's how all the classics were made. And Luigi's like, literature seems like a perverted endeavor to me i love meta commentary mm -hmm. that's it's when like, he looks at the camera literature. he looks at us <laughs> reading the book and he's like this is so perverted <laughs> and buys like well it's not perverted it's just that part of why new literature is so sort of like boring by comparison is that writers have lost this level of creativity and luoji's like wait a second oh my god are you telling me i've become a writer of classic literature oh my god and she's like no like don't get ahead of yourself you're birthing a single image what like it's hard the authors of classics turned out hit after hit and they were all realized as the ones that came before them i don't think you can do that and he's like okay well then have you ever once is all she says and she drops the topic entirely she's like you know what actually luoji i want you to forget that i asked you for this book for my birthday can you actually just stop and come back to normal life i think i want you back i don't want you doing this anymore and then big sigh here luoji is like well what if i don't want to stop what if i want to keep going and she just looks at him for a while and kind of like shakes her head and smiles and she's like i knew it was too late down below outside the two can hear a countdown five four three two one happy new year hey. fireworks light up the sky luoji is like wrong what should we do for tomorrow for the holiday and byron's like you're not taking her where she's like wait what do you mean what should we do you're gonna give me a day for once and he's like mm -mm, no just us two where you want to go baby boo and she's like i think it's a wonderful feeling just being on a journey luoji's like okay cool so we'll just hop in the car and see where we end up and she's like bet that's by wrong 
That's Byron. Got it. Byron is like, what do you want to do tomorrow for the holiday? No, Luoji asks Byron. And Byron is kind of what? surprised because, like, it's really the first time that Luoji has sort of, like, really in days been with Byron because he's been spending so much time with the angel. But then also thinking, like, to include her versus, like, including the angel. Got it. <laughs> so a, they make a, a little plan man. to, like. So they make a little plan to go on a road trip. Go on a holiday. No end destination in sight. We're just going to see where we end up, baby. That brings us to the next morning. They hit the road first thing the next day, and they don't know where they're going to go. Luo Ji, you know, drives his, I think it's a Honda Accord. Work. And, and he leaves campus, and he drives west, away from the city, just to, like, avoid, you know, the city. And they drive into the mountains, and it's a really long description mm. of the drive. Uh, it's very bucolic. There's, you know, these little huts and homes with these, like, corn husk kind of, like, thatched rooftop. Sheeps crossing the street. Perfect breeze. Like, just sentence upon sentence of description. Yeah. And when it's late enough in the afternoon and they've gotten far enough away from the city and seen enough of, like, this bucalia, like they, at a certain point, they feel satisfied with their trip. They've enjoyed their, their holiday and they're like, all right, it's time to head back home. They hit the highway and about, you know, two minutes after hitting the highway, the car breaks down. And this is where I'm like, all right, let me write this down. So finally something has occurred. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's just like the, like, I'm telling you, reader, paragraphs of nothing. It's and you know what? It's like no, no action, just vibes for a lot of just vibes. This, yeah, it's a you lot of vibes, and they're respect. and they're nice. If like if you want to get into it and you want every last drop, read it. It's beautiful to like put yourself in it, but like we're not going to subject yeah. you to that. Totally, it's it's kind of like like what's a movie where like not much happens? It's just vibes, <laughs> like maybe like a little like David Lynch. Yeah, but then stuff usually happens. The neon Lynch. demon. But it's a long, yes, vibes. Just Until vibes. Until it's not vibes. So their car breaks down. It says, like, there's also a large description, or relatively large description, long, wordy description of, like, the breakdown and, like, why they can't fix it. It's just like, okay, just say that, like, the car breaks down. Yeah, it's a breakdown and Whatever. it's unfixable without, like, AAA. I... I blame uh I blame Joel Martinson, the translator. Yeah, of the because we have book. a different translator this book. Yeah. I miss Ken. And, and it's funny because we talked about this uh on like a past episode this season. Like I I said I feel like the editors or someone said, "You know what, Cishin, um first book was great, but there was no love story." Right. And now not only are we getting like so much love story, but we're also getting meta commentary on love stories. Yeah. Right? Like there's and it just feels like more and more like what I said really is true. That like his editor was like, You need to put a love story in the book. And he's like, Ugh, love story like what is the point of even putting in a love story? You know, if that kind of feels like Lo G has become a, a bit of like a a proxy for so maybe the author. I'm not gonna give you any spoilers, but this is all important. I mean, the like okay. all the like minutiae, like all the sum of the details are not important. But the fact that this book is setting up a new theme of love story is very important. Becomes important. Is very crucial to this story. And I, that's all okay. I can say. Interesting. So maybe the editor didn't say that. Maybe Xi Xin Liu had a vision. Maybe. And was like, I'm going to introduce a love 
a component of love. Maybe, but it is still a slog to get through at times. I wonder if there's going to be like a romance between like a trisolarian and a person. I don't know. That's just a guess. Okay. So their car breaks down. The axle breaks. He calls a repair guy or AAA or whatever, but like they're so far out. They said it's going to take us four to five hours to get to you. Yeah. So Luoji pulls over, pulls some corn stalks from, you know, the fields. He lights a fire and he's sitting and he's talking to not by wrong, but the angel, his girl. And she asks him if there's wolves or if he thinks there's wolves. Wait, and he's sorry. Like, no. He didn't take by wrong. He only took his imaginary girlfriend. Imaginary girlfriend. Yeah. Gag. Yeah. Gag. And sh- and the girl's like, do you think there's wolves out here? And he's like, no, no. Wolves are probably like miles away from here. And she's like, I wish you would have said there were wolves. And he's like, all right, fine. Sure. There are wolves, but you're safe with me kind of vibe. And it's like. Okay. Sure. okay. And then his cell phone rings and it's by wrong. <laughs> and at this point I was like, oh, got it. And by wrong is like, are you alone? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, but are you with her? And he's like, yeah. And in fact, like he is sitting by this fire and it's really, it's just him. But like, you know, to him, it's him and the girl, the angel, the creation of his imagination and by wrong is like now do you believe that the love i write about in my novels really exists (gasps) that all-consuming 24 hours a day kind of love and he's like yes and in this moment he feels like the great distance that has grown between him and by wrong yeah he's basically having an affair yeah it would almost be better if he were because like given the reality it's like yeah my guy my guy and he's like do you have one of your own? And that's when you understand. She's she's like, of course. Uh, and it's like, okay, that's the one. Okay. That's the one time that she probably wrote a story that like the character really came to life, yeah. right? It was like the 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 man that she always dreamed of. And she stumbled on him chopping trees in the woods or something. And he's like, so she's like, of course I have one. And he's and and Luoji is like, where is he? And she goes, where do you think? <gasps> Implying, you know. Right there with her. Yeah. And when they hang up the phone, there's this sort of like sadness that like it's over between them. Mm. But just and it says like there's sadness, but nothing more than that. And it's around midnight when the repairman or the AAA guy finally shows up and he's like sees Luoji with this fucking corn stock fire. And he's like, you know, your car's not dead. Like you could have sat in your car with the heat on. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, he's very smart with stars. He just wanted to be romantic. Yeah. So he, you know, he gets his car fixed and he immediately, you know, heads back to the city. And rather than going back to campus, he drives straight to a psychologist. Okay. I mean, probably a smart thing. And the psychologist is like, you're fine. He's like, what do you mean I'm fine? Like, I'm madly in love with a fictional person that I've created in my mind. And, you know, I've been with her. I've been traveling with her. I've even broken up with my real-life girlfriend over her. Which, by the way, I don't think they're married. Oh, and at this point, they're not? I don't know. Maybe. I thought they were. There was a thing that said something about, like, they decided that it was practical. To tie the knot? Yeah. um... It doesn't really matter. They were married or they weren't. But they were together. Whatever. He's like, I've just broken up with my real life, like, you know, partner. Is that not serious? And the doctor smiles. And he's like, don't you get it, doc? 
I've given my most profound love to a complete illusion. I'm sick. I'm sick and wrong in the head. And then the doctor says something profound. He's like, are you under the impression that everyone else's like love, the object of everyone else's loves actually exist? Like that only yours is an illusion? Do you think everyone is in a relationship with something real? He's like, no. Everyone is in a relationship with an idea. And I'm like, this is... One of, like, the most, I think, like, non-sci-fi chapters mm-hmm. there really is, right? Like, it's a very, like, contemporary, like, YA or, like, literary fiction feeling chapter because it just has this, like, really, like, these insights on the nature of love uh, that I thought yeah. was, like, really accurate. And basically, he's saying that, you know, for the majority of people, what they love really only exists inside their head. Yeah. And that the object of their love is not the person they're with in reality but what that person is like in their imagination and like I can definitely speak like as someone who like spent the last three years dating like I was always going on a date with the person I was hoping to be with Mm -hmm. right and and it even says that like in this paragraph it says like the person in reality is just a template used for the creation of the dream lover and like it's true like I I really knew that like every time I went on a date like or like anytime I would meet anyone that like kind of I thought I had a crush on Mm -hmm. it was really that they were just like the right shape for my fantasy yeah the right receptacle for me to project or like dump my the the vision of like the person who's gonna save me from the banality of existence Mm -hmm. and and so it's like i kind of had to like hold that in my pocket you know that knowledge that like okay don't like completely be disappointed when you inevitably realize that the person that you are dating is not you know the image that you have of them like there's always gonna be that stage of like grief and you have to be willing to like go through it and not blame the other person for not fulfilling your fantasies right, and expectations yeah. and I just like had that awareness that like you know that's part that would be part of dating inevitably and you know it was a big hurdle that I actually never got past like I'm with Emily now and like I never had to get past the fact like this illusion of like who she was because we weren't dating from that like perspective of yeah. like oh I'm going on a date and I like there was never an illusion of who she was because we were friends yeah but like when you go on like blind dates with the expectation you can't yeah. help especially because you've seen their profile the whole so you thing have, like, it's like ex- anytime there's any kind of like social media component to it it's like that in and of itself is a projection it's like that's not authentic because all of that's curated exactly. by the by its nature and it just fuels fantasy and yeah so damn psychologists dropping mad wisdom mm-hmm. and it even says in this paragraph so he's like you know eventually you find out the differences between your dream lover and you know the actual person mm-hmm. if you can get used to those differences then you'll stay together and if not you'll break up yeah it's as simple as that and he says you know you differ from the majority in just one respect is like you didn't require like a person like a receptacle for your illusion. You didn't project your illusion mm-hmm. of the dream person onto another person. Yeah. You just projected it onto like invisible, in, it, you know, invisible space. Yeah. I was like, damn. And I know. Oh, I'm geez, like, like, actually, so this- I'm like, is that actually healthier? <laughs> Cause I'm I like, know. I think maybe. 
<laughs> maybe like you're not implicating another person you're not like wasting another person's time like if anything but it's it like a victimless so crime if it's if it's a, an emotional crime it's victimless it's so true people really need to like realize that like everyone's going to what's the word like fall short of your expectations oh yeah and, every like, time you're gonna be you're gonna be disappointed yeah. and that is love <laughs> you know like that like is being in a relationship the point <laughs> Not my relationship, but <laughs> but yours. Not yours, but like you listening. Theirs. Yeah, but not you listening, but like everyone else. But you else listening. Everyone not listening. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't listen is is doomed to be disappointed. We start doing a podcast not for the people who are listening, but for all the people who aren't. <laughs> I also feel like I've been in, like I was kind of having a little like 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 reflective moment a little while ago where I was like, am I coming off like a huge cunt this episode? Like the way, you know, when it's like, you're kind of, it's hard when you don't know Silky. <laughs> you know? I didn't, I didn't think that. So I think that was just your internal. No. And EOD, I don't care. Well, yeah. <laughs> like EOD. I trust that, you know, listen, I'm a flawed human being. I'm not perfect. We never I'm said. not saying I'm super, I'm not saying I'm superior to Silky. I'm just sharing my truth. Yeah. And if you don't like that, you can join everyone else and not listen. You can send us hate mail. Exactly. Please do. Okay. So we're almost at the end of this. Let's get to it. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> um, so the psychologist is like, listen, your girlfriend was right. You've got a natural literary talent. If you want to call that an illness, go right ahead. And he's like, isn't it a little excessive? He's like, there's nothing excessive about imagination, especially where love is concerned. I'm like, okay, true also. Yes, like, but I feel also like why are like- all of these people so like saccharine this chapter? I know. Everybody's so love obsessed. Lil G's like, well, what do I do? Like, do I just like, how do I forget about her? Yeah. Or is it too late? And he's like... He's like, it's impossible. You can't forget about her. Like, don't even try. It'll only lead to side effects if you, like, push yourself to, like, you know, try to forget. Maybe it'll even make you, like, mentally ill. Oh, gosh. Just let nature run its course. Time heals all wounds. Like, in time, her influence will decrease and you won't think of her as much. And whether or not she exists, you're fortunate to be in love. And it's like, wow. And it was crazy because Lodri is like, this was his most romantic experience ever. Like, he really believed this is the kind of love that only comes around once in a man's life and it's not even to anyone. Yeah. (laughs) After that, like, he goes on with his life and eventually like exactly that happens like her influence on his life fades he doesn't think of her as often you know as with any sort of breakup or just like adjustment to a person and it says that you know even though he wouldn't see her or hear from her much anymore he could still see her in a far-off region of his soul sitting silently before the fireplace Oh. Never feeling lonely because she knew her world was within him. And it talks about, like, it, it describes her as basically being, like, a rib, like, from, like, that from his, yeah. the, the, like, Eve made from the rib of his imagination. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that totally is what it is. And then we return to the plane where Luoji is sleeping or half asleep. Some flashback. He wakes up. He hears the soft patter of footsteps on the carpet outside of his door and the door opens and it's Dasha. Okay. And he's he's like, Luoji, are you alright? Luoji's fine. Dasha closes the door 
without even coming inside. And he can hear the conversation happening outside the door in hushed tones. And they're talking about, you know, there's some misunderstanding in the change of escort, because, you know, clearly they're escorting low G, but, like, I don't fucking know. Oh, right, because they were, uh, Dasha was like, what's our handoff plan? Do we even have a handoff plan? Like, what do we do once we fucking get where we're going? Yeah. And people are like, well, what did the higher-ups say? And they're saying, you know, they said that the escort would require a mid-air refuel in about a half hour and we shouldn't be alarmed. And then, you know, they're like, but the plan doesn't even mention this interruption, does it? Okay, and remember, so basically, remember how, like, there are planes surrounding this plane? Yeah, by the the fighter jets. Yes, so those are the escort planes. Yeah, the, but I'm, I'm like, wouldn't they plan to fuel those planes for the duration of because like they obviously know where they're going because they're escorting the flight that Dasha and Luoji are on. So I'm like, it seems sus that they need to refuel. Yes, it's bizarre. And then it even says that seven of the escort planes jettisoned their secondary fuel tanks. Okay, why would they do that? <laughs> no idea. And then like someone is like, just forget it. Like you should just go back to sleep. And people are like, what, what do you mean? How are you supposed to sleep? Like with all of this going on yeah and it's like unclear who's saying what mm-hmm. i guess you know who like what dasha is saying versus like other people but that if happens they're just, a lot in this book yeah i'll I say i'll say but yeah basically people are just like you know forget about it like in my opinion when you've thought of everything and you've done everything then you just need to let whatever happens happen there's nothing more we can do okay like stop overthinking it uh-huh. and when luo g hears about this like escort change from you know the other side of the door he reaches to open the cover of the window and looks outside and he sees this sea of clouds and the moon is moving toward the horizon and he sees the trails of the escort planes around him with an additional six lines and he sees that they're a different model than the four he had seen earlier okay weird and just then dasha pokes his torso into the bedroom once mm-hmm. again and says oh gee my man it, there's just a small little issue don't worry about it you know nothing to worry about just go back to sleep and he goes how much time is left in this trip like yeah. there's still time and he's like yeah we still got a few more hours just go back to bed and he closed the door again and loji reaches to his side where there's like a pill bottle and he realizes that dasha has been through it and it just has one pill in it oh bless He takes it and he looks at the small red light beneath the window, imagining it to be the light of a fireplace. And he drifts off to sleep. Oh my God. And that baby is the end of today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed this interstitial even if you didn't now you'll at least be able to appreciate it in I don't know at least a couple of weeks once you understand sort of like how it fits in because it is really kind of like left field but I was curious after reading this section what's your just like what's your in five words or less your take on Luoji proxy proxy (laughs) he's a proxy for Xixin Liu (laughs) do you think yeah at this point. I'm not a fan of Luoji. No, I, I, he's definitely not likable. But I am curious. I'm just like, what is going on with you? Yeah, he has a purpose. We'll see. But okay, I have to go. I have dinner. In a New York minute. In a New York minute, just like that. And just like that. Well, Allie, thanks for squeezing me in. It's so good to see oh my you. God. No, thank you. If you haven't ordered your merch yet, do it now. ShopRadarPeak.com. Ah. Until next time. I'm Brett. I'm Allie. And I'm... 
done saying words. <laughs> Have fun at dinner. Bye. Bye. You're listening to season two of Radar Peak, a three-body podcast. Subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts or wherever you pod so you never miss an episode. For exclusive content we might not have had time for, subscribe to our Patreon. Oh, and one last thing before you go. If you enjoy this series, leave a review and tell a friend about us. Join the conversation when you follow us on social media at Radar Peak Pod. See you there.